1: Hello everybody and welcome to this extra weekly episode of Dane Baptiste Questions Everything or what we're calling DBQs. On DBQs, myself, comedian, writer and occasional actor Dane Baptiste and my producer friend Howard Cohen aka The Hizza, Hello! are going to be delving into some things that have happened this week in the news.
2: That's right Dane. It's time to question one of this week's biggest stories. So let's get started this week with What's the future of the monarchy Dane? Nothing can go wrong with us talking about this, I reckon.
1: No, no, Howard. Uh, But, you know, (laughs) being that we question everything, it would be remiss of us not to address this. Um, Howard, what has influenced this question? Well, the passing
2: of Queen Elizabeth II, uh, a 96-year-old woman uh, who, by all accounts, um, is quite pleasant. Uh, But she did represent something that, you know, let's be honest, it's something that doesn't represent... Our interests really, Dane, if we're, if we're going to be totally honest.
1: Well, yeah. I think, I think honesty and transparency is the key. And, uh, on a question everything, like I said, we like to, uh, inquire, not accuse. And mm. so we will question, uh, whatever notions. And, you know, as Howard said, for most people's accounts, the Queen is quite pleasant. Obviously, there are a lot of people who, uh, view the Queen and I guess the institution that she represents in a very negative light. And speaking as the child of immigrants and also coming from a country that, uh, Grew under colonialism I can definitely say that the sentiment Amongst a lot of my peers and contemporaries Isn't necessarily the same That doesn't mean that I necessarily have Any kind of personally directed Vitriol or hatred towards the Queen However I feel like I have grown up in a Society which As a result of having its closest proximity to the Queen Has espoused A number of uh, I guess contradictory Notions where the Queen is concerned I say that because I have done comedy for the last 10 years and I watched a large amount, I'd say over 95 to 99% of my white contemporaries make reference to the fact that they are uh, irreligious or atheist or agnostic or Darwinists and that one of the things they don't believe in is Abrahamic religion or a god. What none of them have ever done, which I find interesting from observational comedians, is referenced the fact that our national anthem and the way that we define ourselves as a country is preceded by the statement, God save the queen, which I'm not sure how relevant that can be. If you don't believe in God, how can you believe in a monarch whose succession is based on divine lineage? Mm-hmm. And so I say that to say this, that as the queen has now passed away, it means that the institution that she was the representative of now may have to come under scrutiny in a world where we now acknowledge that there are people that have been able to realize a similar amount of wealth, not from divine lineage, not from colonialism, but from capitalism and exploitation. And also in a world where we are now seeing the birth of a whole new species in the form of artificial intelligence. It does AI and the algorithms that it uses as its language stand under royal rule. Are they Mm -hmm. subjects to the crown, even though they have now become sentient beings? So it makes me wonder when we have all new races that never... And I've never heard of a queen or have not really been a part of the uh, same journey as humanity how relevant that monarchy is
2: well i i think you raise a lot of interesting points the the sense of what what would be the positives and the negatives of keeping a monarchy is 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 one that will come up a lot now because you know her passing means that this kind of uh nostalgic kind of kind of uh, rhetoric that she you know Probably, probably nothing to do with her actually creating it. It's just the fact that after the Second World War, there was a, a sense of national pride after defeating a very, very, very—that that was an excellent evil. The Nazis were really good at being evil. We're really good at getting behind that evil. You know, really didn't like them. And 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 in the you know the many decades have gone since the evil is kind of becoming more and more questionable, and our own evil has become clearer. You know, t- 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 when she came into power dame like if you had criticized the behavior of the commonwealth and how they were murderous torturous rapists um, among them obviously i'm not going to say every single person that was you know that was, that was part of their remit uh to keep power you know it, it would have caused you know absolutely you'd been fucking put in prison you know like it, it, people wouldn't accept it so i think that is going to be a really interesting time we're going to enter now. You're going to have a time where people can look at things and go, well, what does this mean? To me, it's, it's blindingly obvious that, that the power, concentrated power is not what will uh, better our planet. We've looked at it in the media, seen an endless amount of people who've exploited their power in politics. We've witnessed it for generations now. Yep. It feels to me that that kind of, you know, you know, the fact that... <laughs> You know, just to be honest, but, fact, well, the I fact, think, I the think fact that can... her son's a paedophile. Well, there you go. Yeah. You know, and, it, and,
1: and she's had to pay a civil case. And I think that's part of the problem is that, like, you know, I, I can say, I'll say that I'm not a monarchist. Now, I don't have any schadenfreude or I don't take any particular, um, there's no particular gloating from me at the loss of life because, uh, you know, there's nothing to be gained from that. But at the same time, I would say a lot of the people that may consider me to be maybe a, non loyalist or, uh, traitor to the crown or to this country. I would say that a number of the factors which have contributed to the, uh, denouement of, uh, the pageantry of the royal family come from people that actually act as if they support it. So, for example, the idea that a prime minister would lie to a queen in the form of Boris Johnson takes away from the pageantry mm. and form and from the uh, reference of, uh, the monarchy. I think that, um, when you have, you know, one of the, I guess, counter arguments to the existence of the monarchy has been we're paying people to just basically stand there and do nothing uh, just for the sake of pageantry. I think the fact that we now include those people who are supposed to be, have realized their succession from divine lineage and predisposition, when they appear in the same publications as the Kardashian family and Paris Hilton, it's very hard to pedestalize them in the same way we did historically, because it's like, why is the queen you know, in the same magazine as Kim Kardashian. So then I guess they've, by that, Americans have tried to, by trying to show their equivalent to the royal family by showing another wealthy dynasty that it's not really has any real discernible reason why they are more important than anybody else. It does take away from the royal family. Mm. I mean, even the fact that like in the one instance where we had seen somebody who was self-made and created their own wealth in the form of Meghan Markle mm. marry into that family and then subsequently be rejected despite the fact that she was already... You know, exhibiting what we praise the royal family for, being her wealth, her philanthropy, you know, her her basically, I guess her just her beauty as it's displayed aesthetically. Mm. Like these are things that we give reverence to the royal family for. And yet she has been uh, routinely rejected at a time where other members of the royal family have openly sold secrets to uh, media publications in the form of uh, Fergie. And, uh, you know, like I said, then Prince Andrew actively working alongside. So these are people that are normally tasked with upholding the more positive aesthetic of the royal family. And they've actually contributed to diminishing it. Yeah. You know, and I, I think my real issue with the idea of royalty is not necessarily the fact that it exists but it's more what it represents and I think for a lot of people that uphold the royal family and fail to acknowledge a lot of the atrocities of the past, present and future for me it's that they are trying to uphold the last bastion of white supremacy whereby despite the fact that you have no biological or the, uh, superiority or any ideological superiority or any real uh, quantifiable Discerning talents that would allow you to realize such a opulent lifestyle the fact that you are born here means that you're better than everybody else is a notion that I think most Britons and Europeans get behind because they believe in it as well in the same way that you know a lot of Americans were able to uh Indulge, or indulge capitalism because irrespective of where they sat in capitalist hierarchy would always feel superior to the rest of the world. And then they had their ideas subverted when Barack Obama was elected. And so Donald Trump basically represents how most white people or people that identify with whiteness believe that they're able to be. Like this is a man who is supposed to be a billionaire that eats cheeseburgers every night. And I think most Americans are comforted by the fact that despite the fact that he has no biological reason to realize his his superiority over people, being rich provides you with that. And I think there's a lot of people that still want to believe in that capitalist doctrine.
2: We'll be back after this.
0: Welcome back to the show. That, that, that doctrine,
2: when you talk about it, you know it's interesting. My, my wife, who I've talked about on this show, was talking about how she kind of sent, them, sent me a message about this, which I won't read word for word, but it was, it was interesting. She was saying, that, you know, all the Disney stories, right, tell our children to aspire to royalty. Yeah. You know, largely princesses, weirdly. Yeah. And, you know, that romanticism around it hides the fact that it tells humans... Some people have just born better than other humans. Yeah. And that, I believe, will define this future. Me and you are going to be old men, hopefully still questioning everything, mate. Yeah. Uh, but but sometimes t- things
1: we've questioned already before.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but the idea that, you know, my kids kids or whatever it might be will will, will be the ones that can can crack that issue without I think this is one of the things that often everyone agrees with, but like I don't want to set fire to Buckingham Palace. Because I think it's an interesting thing. You know, it's history to me. It's like history. Fine. Like history is something that I think I I don't really personally the statue's being slightly complicated, but I don't think we should burn down palace. I, don't, I, don't, I think it's awkward when you start going down that road to burn everything down. I mean, down. I
1: think it's awkward, but at the same time, we have to realise that Buckingham Palace exists because of the burnings and lootings and rapacious actions of people acting on behalf of colonialists. Mm. So that doesn't mean I necessarily have to meet that with the equivalent level of violence, but at the same time...
2: When you want to return something, I'm down with that. British Museum, send back the stuff you stole. Star, you cunts. Star of India from the crown. Yeah, yeah, but the palace can't go anywhere. So, like to me, you just okay, we just leave it. Like Trafalgar Square, you just leave. Just like, you know what? It's history, but, you can you can teach people about it. You can use it. You can to teach them. But
1: them. I, I actually take umbrage with the existence <laughs> of vacant properties in London and other places when there are people that are homeless or loyal subjects mm. of said monarchy. Are unable so if to be housed like a museum I
2: kind of understand how that might exist but I, I that's my take on it I can understand if people want to tear it down and they want to build that. I think
1: I think she can. I think they can keep it yeah I think I think I think we are aware of the accrued wealth of the royal family probably means that they'd be able to keep it and maintain it Without requirements from us. And I, and I would say at my most hard line as an anti-monarchist, I would say, I think at this point, we may rediscuss cutting these people off. Yeah, because I think they've happen, made a yeah. lot of money. They have been privy to having, um, I think I read yesterday that the Duke of Westminster's property portfolio has just added another $9 billion to it. Mm. I believe the Duke of Cornwall's property portfolio is worth like $9.3 billion. I think the the layout of Bairn in Scotland has a property portfolio in the range of like maybe 5 billion. Right. So I think like they're doing all right to like between themselves and you know, the Queen still earns money from her uh, land hold- or the Crown, I should say now, earns money from the Queen's land holdings in Western Europe as well as in Canada mm. and a number of foreign territories. And I feel like they got enough to keep themselves going and I think maybe we should consider cutting them off. I think we've bankrolled them for long enough. Um, the other thing I also believe is that... Um, You know, with that money that we left left over that we were kicking up to the royal family, that could be in a cost of living and energy crisis that can be apportioned in different places. And I think, Mm. you know, maybe that would be one of the best examples of being a leader and being a sovereign and a monarch would be to empower your subjects as much as possible, considering the more difficult economic times we are approaching, like, you know, Kings are leaders as well, and I was always told that a king's uh, worth is measured by the strength of their allegiances. Yeah, and I think now at a time where people are more divided than ever, bringing people together and showing that you have a collective care for the subjects that have empowered you for so long might be the way a monarchy would need to go in order to continue to thrive. As far as I'm concerned,
2: I tell you what is weird now, and you know a lot of people have been cracking gags and stuff, and few people bring up the fact that, you know, they're going to change the coins. They're going to change the notes. They're going to to change
1: the coins, the notes, the police, the um, stamps, um, armed forces would have to change as well. Because anything that's preceded, um, I'm sure a number of hospitals would have to be. I mean, our national anthem may need to change. It will, because it's, it will be changed to king. Because are people supposed to be mad at God now because he was like, God saved the queen. And like yesterday he was like, nah. Mm. is that something well also the queen is the head of the church now again for me where we've seen a steady decline in church membership from indigenous English or Anglo-Saxons it's interesting that they still have this as the first line of the national anthem Mm. if uh, allegiances to God have diminished then to suggest that God should save the queen seems kind of paradoxical to me so I guess in terms of like I guess the royal family has been a conduit between church and state in that like minister the term "minister" op, uh, originates from monastery, and mm. also, you know, we have a whole Christian denomination which comes from the royal family because mm-hmm. of Henry VIII. So, do we need to reassess the relevance of that kind of divergence as well?
2: Yeah, I just also think, and you know, this is this is not really a, a comment or anything. It's more just an observation that it's funny. It's going to be weird it will be, it will feel quite a, a different, it, it will feel like quite a different reality because we've grown up. Most many of our listeners, most people have just grown up with her as this person that run, you know, has this role in this country and it, and it is just going to be slightly strange. I guess it will become normal very quickly yeah. again. But
1: but I think that's a good thing. I mm. think, that, as I said, I think we have been at the point for a very long time where a number of things we have used to either identify ourselves politically or socially and the number of aspects of uh, human life that we use to define our humanity are changing all the time. And this is just another thing. There, For any competent human being... Who has attended school Has a very arbitrary awareness Of how biology works She wasn't going to be around forever So you should have been Making provisions On how to have a life Post queen or post monarchy In the first place In the same way That you know You're not going to live forever And so And also in the same way That like a number of people Try to define Their uh, worth in society Based on their occupations Well occupations Are disappearing all the time That's why we've had discussions On our podcast About the existence Of a living wage Because going to work And working a job For the sake of working it Is no longer going to be A point of human pride anymore in Mm. the same way that if you are a European or you're a British person and you've said God save the Queen that's no longer a chant you can make anymore and if you're not going to church then asking God for things probably is not the way it goes which you would know if you went to church so we now need new ways to define our existence by and I really think in a world whereby you know we've given over a lot of power to oligarchs and in the same way that we created a pedestal for the royal family we've now given that to the laity and so the more money they have they can realise the same status as a royal family so maybe we need to address that if someone's money can make them royal anyway how much does it necessarily mean and what happens in the same way where you know we 've already we always expect members of the monarchy to conduct themselves with a certain level of refinement and sophistication which comes naturally as being a part of that divine lineage with these new billionaires and these new oligarchs who are not uh, beholden to those same practices are we checking their power in the exact same way because mm. you know I was resenting the fact that I had to pay for the upkeep of the royal family but i 'm equally resentful about the fact that other people who are members of the laity, just like me, now get to avoid paying tax because of their wealth. Now they're starting to build businesses off-world so they can declare them to be intergalactic tax havens, as far as I'm concerned. So mm. for me, I um, think this may be result, result in a declination of the royal family, but I'm very concerned about who the, no- the new royalty in this world is going to be.
2: That's a very ominous <laughs> ending <laughs> to this week's dbqs who are going to be the new royalties if the monarchy doesn't exist well listeners why don't you get in contact
1: let us know but more importantly whoever the new uh, royalty or global monarchy uh are wherever they are the important thing is to question them and question
3: everything done